Welcome to the Emotional Eating Therapist Show. Whether this is the first episode you've heard, or you've been around since the beginning, or anywhere in between, I'm so happy you're here. I want to give a special shout out to my new friends in Texas. Last month, I was a guest speaker at Methodist Dallas Medical Center, and what a great group of people to hang out with. We had so much fun as I blew their minds sharing my views on emotional eating. I love this virtual age. In the last three years, I have gotten to meet some pretty amazing people across the globe, and some of my favorite people now live in different states and countries than I do. Which brings me to the topic of this episode, episode 49. Ah, I've had this idea rolling around in my head for a while, and I just hadn't executed it yet. Then as I was looking at the calendar, I learned that today is Best Friend Day, which aligned perfectly with today's topic of support systems. For the next little while, I want to talk to you about support systems, what it is, why we want it, and how you can get it. So put on your sneakers and take a walk with me, or sit back and relax, or if you're doing the dishes, just listen along, friend whatever best suits your mood today. And let's just pretend that we're together in person having this chat. Let's start with a simple definition. A support system is a network of people who provide an individual with practical and emotional support. This means your support system is those people you call when you're having a rough day, when you need to vent, or when you need something practical, like someone picking you up on the side of the road when your car suddenly stops. I don't know if people give much thought to their support system on a day-to-day basis, or really at all, which is kind of sad to me. And I get it. Some of us don't have a strong support system, and it's easier not to think about it. Some of us might feel guilty or bad about ourselves that we need a support system. I grew up an only child, in the country, five minutes outside a small town, which is like 4,000 or so people. For the longest time, my only real friend was my next-door neighbor, Leanne. We still keep in touch. Hi, Leanne! While I loved growing up in the country and living in a small town and being an only child, it definitely had its ups and downs. One of which is, and this may be a personality trait too, or stuff passed down from my mama, is feeling socially awkward. I always felt a little out of place and that I didn't quite fit in which makes it really hard to make friends. At one point, I thought I didn't need a lot of friends. I had a couple really close friends, and that was good enough for me. And it still is. While I have a vast network of friends and acquaintances, I still have just a few very close friends. So why all this talk about friends? Why devote a whole episode to friends? Well, it's been on my mind a lot lately. And you know, there was a whole show that lasted, oh, I don't know, a lot of seasons about friends. I think it's super important for you. In fact, during my second session with counseling clients, this is something we focus a lot on. Humans are social creatures, which means we need each other to survive and thrive. As babies and young children, we need others to meet our needs or we won't survive. We're unable to provide our own food, water, and shelter at those younger ages. Then, as adults, we also need others to help meet our needs. 
farmers, grocers, mechanics, doctors, the list goes on. The phrase, it takes a village, is so true. This dividing responsibilities allows us to better serve ourselves and our community. Unfortunately, for myself and many others, relying on someone else to meet your emotional needs might feel unsafe. If you remember from last episode, if we haven't been modeled what a healthy support system looks like, how do you know how to build that? You might not also have had the strongest natural support system, as in your family. In an ideal world, we learn that our needs are important and we've been met by caring individuals. But we don't always live in that fairy tale. And even when we do, bad things still happen to good people. And maybe that's you. Maybe you learned that others are not to be relied upon, especially to meet your emotional needs. This leads you to being standoffish, aloof, protected. It leads to not seeking out or creating safe and nurturing relationships. And I totally understand. I do. It hasn't been safe to trust people. And I'm not asking you to start letting people in right away. That's way too scary for some of us. What I am saying is that having a support system is important. And it's important to be choosy about who you allow in that support system. Because not everyone is a good fit for the job. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain, friend. Let's look at your history with relationships and friends. Do you tend to always get into relationships with individuals who leave you feeling the exact same way, or at least very similar, that a previous relationship did? Choosing similar people to be in a relationship with? Well, I and many other counselors or psychologists have a theory that we repeatedly engage in similar relationships in an effort to heal those first wounds from our early relationships. Now, I hear you asking, what might that look like? See, I'm so glad we got together today so I can help you see this pattern or build on from the pattern that maybe you were, you know, looking at from last week. Maybe your friends and family have long said, wow, you sure have bad taste in men or women, Or maybe you've said something like that to yourself. I remember thinking something similar, only with friends. And I wondered why I kept getting into relationships with people that wanted a lot of my attention all day, every day. Let's say in most of your relationships, you are left feeling insecure about your appearance. Whether that's because the person tells you you look horrible in some way, or repeatedly points out your physical flaws. Looking back over relationships, you might see how this keeps happening, until we get to an early memory in which your dad made an offhanded comment about your teeth. I'm just making up scenarios here, friend. Go with me. It could have been your mother making a comment about your clothes, or needing to buy new shoes again because your feet won't stop growing. Or you might find yourself in relationships with romantic partners in which you constantly feel not good enough. And upon looking back far enough, we find a memory of thinking you were to blame for your parents' divorce because you weren't a good enough daughter. If we wanted, we could keep finding these patterns and their origin stories. But for the sake of this not being an hour-long show, I'm going to encourage you to spend some time by either pausing me in about 10 seconds or so, or taking some time after you finish this episode to think about and possibly write down or voice to text some of the feelings you have that get repeated in relationships. 
Or maybe you're already picking out patterns over the years. Or maybe you got some insight last episode. Go ahead and make those notes and see if you can work your way back to its origin story. We don't necessarily need the origin story to change the pattern, but it sure is helpful. The patterns you identified or will identify are going to continue to be perpetuated. Not because you're a bad person, have bad taste in partners, or the people just suck. These patterns continue because you're trying to heal yourself from that first wound. It's like holding on to a grudge, only punishing yourself for it rather than someone else. Unfortunately, the pattern also often continues because you're choosing to attempt healing with individuals who are not yet ready to heal themselves or help anyone else heal. So rather than continue beating yourself up, can you look at this with some compassion and that you're really trying to heal? My hope in discussing this with you today is that you can identify these patterns, how they're affecting you, and then have some compassion for yourself so that you can begin to slowly trust again and build a support system. Remember, you don't need to create a whole football team complete with an entire second string. A few really great people can make a world of difference. Quality over quantity, friend. I mentioned earlier that we are social creatures. Did you know that most creatures are? One of the things that sparked my interest in having this talk about support systems is a TikTok video I shared. I'll put a link in the show notes in case you haven't seen it yet. I happened to be scrolling TikTok one day and this clip of a turtle struggling upside down in a puddle of water came up. In case you don't know, turtles can die if they're upside down. This little turtle was in danger of drowning. The poor little thing was trying to flip over, frantically moving its little turtle legs. Unfortunately, it just kept spinning in circles. It didn't take long for the turtle swimming around to notice and work together to help this turtle. The whole group came together and voila, this little turtle was saved. Immediately began bawling, in part because I'm a big baby and that's okay, in part because I was so moved. This is what having a good support system does. When you're struggling, when you feel like you're drowning, your team comes together to help save you. Upon further research, I'm still unclear if this turtle behavior is altruistic or some form of aggression. Google gave me conflicting information, so I'm going to choose to believe turtles are awesome and take care of each other. This TikTok video ended up going viral, which really surprised me. I'm this country bumpkin from rural Iowa and my turtle support video blew up. What that said to me and what the comments said was how much people want and need this type of support in their lives. And from the comments, we've created turtle teams. I invite you, if you're lacking a support system, comment on this video on TikTok and one of my awesome turtles will offer to join your team. You're also welcome to have me join your turtle team. All you got to do is ask. Support systems are vital to mental wellness, which also gives us the best foundation for healthy relationships with food in our bodies. Not only do support systems help out when you feel like drowning, they also bring so much joy, pleasure, and fun times. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that this virtual age has been amazing for me meeting people all over the world. Early in 2021, I befriended some amazing Canadians. We hung out most every week as I facilitated breathwork for them. 
These friendships blossomed over the year, and I consider them to be some of my favorite people. I used to say some of my favorite humans are people I've never been in the same room with. That changed in April. It just so happened, because God, the universe, whatever, is pretty freaking fantastic, that two of these Canadians were going to be in Florida the same time my family was. And it was Heidi's birthday. So Twist and I planned a fun surprise escape room, and I got to meet them in real life and hang out. And let me tell you, I love them even more in person and can't wait to spend more time with them. To be honest, I was really nervous. There are times you get to know someone online, and even with video chatting, things are different when you're in person in the same room. I don't know, for some reason, things are just off. Thankfully, that was not the case. So, here's a little shout out to Heidi and Twist. Thanks for being part of my support system, gals. Did you know that having a strong support system, along with creating higher levels of well-being, also helps you have better coping skills? It's true. Chatting with a friend and interacting with friends is, in and of itself, a great coping mechanism, but these friendships also lead to other coping skills like engaging in hobbies and other wellness activities. And I just need to give another little shout out to one of my best friends, Mary. Thanks for hanging out with my family and I and going to the Renaissance Festival last weekend. Having a support system also combats isolation and loneliness. Having a strong support system also increases the length of your life, in part because research has shown that those with a support system experience less stress and or have more effective ways of coping with stress. So we know what support systems are, a network of people who provide an individual with practical and emotional support. And we've talked about how creating this may seem scary, how it is likely related to old wounds, and we've also talked about why support systems are so important. So now I want to break down how to build a support system. Like I said, this can be a scary and daunting experience, and friend, I have faith in you. Start small. Be picky. You deserve to find your people. You are worthy of healthy relationships. And if you need some mantras to practice as you work on this, those are a great start. Another great first start is to use the people already in your life. This could mean strengthening friendships you currently have, strengthening relationships with family, particularly with your partner if you have one. This doesn't need to be a big production either. Start by just sending a text that says, hello. Oftentimes, this is enough to spark a conversation. And from there, you can continue to build a relationship by slowly sharing more and more and learning that this person can be trusted and can be there for you. Other places to meet new potential friends include work. Huge shout out to another one of my besties, Tiffany, who used to be my boss, but now she's my bestie. Church, kids' activities. You can also look into taking classes. This will do double duty, or maybe more. You could get practice with a new coping skill, learn a new activity, or get better at it, while also meeting people who share your interests. Meetup.com is another way to find classes or events that will get you in touch with people with similar interests. Volunteering within your community is another great way to meet new people. In 2016, we moved to a new town, and I promised my 
I promised myself I was going to meet new people and make local friends. I looked at what community groups were there and found the Jones County Safe and Healthy Youth Coalition. As I mentioned in a previous episode, my mom was an alcoholic and I thought this group was a great way to get involved, helping reduce substance use while also meeting new people. Six years later, and I have served most of that on the executive board and have made so many good connections, which have led to other connections being made. You can also go online to meet people. I've had clients have great success with the Bumble BFF app. Support groups are also a great way to meet people. Look around your area to see what's available. And if you haven't already, please come join my Facebook group, Live Healthily Ever After, Emotional Eating, Body Image, Non-Diet. There's a link in the show notes for you. The other thing that I just want to mention before we wrap up is that once you have these people in your life, it's paramount that you continue to build and strengthen those relationships. Relationships, meaningful relationships, meaningful friendships, they take time and they take effort and you can't expect people to be there if you're not putting in the work with them. I have been incredibly blessed to have some amazing people in my life throughout the years and I just want to give another special shout out to Christina, who's been my best friend since sixth grade, many, many, many moons ago. My friend Mary in Illinois, and one of my favorite people from grad school, Margot. So there you all go, ladies. I'm sure there are many more that I could shout out to, but I also want to be mindful of time. Sometimes... My brain has this way of processing things through songs. And I had planned, I don't know, I'd wanted, as I was working on this episode, to somehow work in quotes and song lyrics about friendship throughout our chat. Unfortunately, I lost track of that, didn't plan it very well. But there's one thing that keeps running through my head as I was preparing for this chat. That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick. As a side note, I had a good friend once named Dion. We lost touch a while ago, and there are days that I still think about her and I miss her. Dion, if you happen to hear this, please email me. I'd love to catch up. Now, to keep this under or right around the 20-minute mark, I wish you well, my friends. However, I do want to leave you with one last note. Until next time, friend. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure. That's what friends are for, for good times and bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for.